Hi, and welcome to the Pleasure for Health podcast, the space where we talk about topics related to intimacy, relationships, desire, and of course, pleasure. I'm your host, Ailsa Kepi, a somatic sex educator, therapist, and a lifelong student of the body-mind-spirit connection. You can find out more about me and my programs and services on my website, www.pleasureforhealth.com. Now, on to today's show. Hello, and welcome to this week's show. Uh, I'm here with my partner, Declan, and today we're going to talk about the somewhat possibly flammable topic here about how we define our relationships or how we could redefine our relationships given the modern context of uh, opening up from not just having the typical, you know, woman and man getting married, living together. We have so many options in our relationships these days that uh, I thought it might be an interesting topic to kind of talk about. Um, you know, how do we go about structuring our what we want in a relationship? How do we go about um, finding out what we want in a relationship? And how do we do this in a way that doesn't end up just hurting other people or um, crashing and burning our own relationships? Um, so maybe first of all, um, you know, we'll, we'll just talk a little bit about, I don't know, Declan, how you grew up, but you know, when I grew up, I, I grew up in a traditional household and, um, you know, mother, father, two kids, and my view of what I would end up in as a relationship was, um, you know, pretty much the, the typical, I will get married one day and have kids type of thing. Um, you know, how did you grow up and what was your view on relationships? You know, much similar. It was, you know, mother, father, three kids. And, um, you know, the relating that, that my, we did within the family unit with other family units, I saw, you know, similar things going on over there. So there wasn't any, you know, for the first many years of my life, it wasn't any different. It was like, oh, what I saw was my parents, husband and wife with their kids, and then their friends, husband and wife with their kids. So I also thought, believed that I would just one day get married and have kids. Mm-hmm. And, and what did you find, you know, as you, you know, you grew up on the west coast of Canada, which is typically a little more open-minded, we think of here on the east coast. And, um, you know, what did you notice as you became an adult and started looking around? Did you notice different ways of relating? Yeah, there was definitely different ways of relating. And, of course, you know, I was born myself in the in the late 60s so the remnants of that whole you know hippie free love thing was um, you know still around when I was coming of age in my you know teen years so there was there was that and there was a lot of unhealthy relating you know fueled by alcohol and these kind of things so the, the relating it was it seemed like that was just the thing that we did but it was really unhealthy and I kind of knew that at the time but it seemed like all of my friends were, all of us were doing that kind of thing. So, and there was often lots of drama and, fl as you said, flammable. <laughs> I saw lots of um, hotness, so hot relationships, like, you know, flaming up here and there. Hmm. Yeah, I think we, you know, it seems like in our culture we've been, you know, we kind of had the 60s and then it's almost like 
after that there was a you know maybe the 80s 90s people kind of kind of went back to do we need to go back to our traditional relating and you know as we know nowadays a lot more kind of um subconscious uh, prejudices are coming up <laughs> to 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 be looked at in our culture and i think uh one of the big ones is probably around relationships i know for myself um you know exploring any other type of configuration whether that was having multiple partners or having um you know different gendered type of uh relationships was um it felt you know i was curious about it but i also felt this kind of fear bumping up against this kind of you know cultural prejudice yeah and even just the the word in itself relationship oftentimes when that comes up especially you know if i remember back into my you know late teens and early 20s whenever that word came up it kind of always was in uh the context of of a romantic relationship with a a partner a significant partner generally you know in my experience of the opposite sex so even the word in itself because of course i can have i have a relationship with everybody that i know and it's not they're not all it's a very small portion of them are actually you know romantic you know physically intimate you know sensual type relationships so yeah it's it's um often gets kind of skewed a little bit in one direction oh i have a relationship and then automatically the the thought mm. stream goes towards that goes towards sex and yes uh, it means having a relationship means having sex with yeah in my experience yes yeah, that's yeah. kind of what how how the general theme would go because as soon as you said relationship everybody was like <laughs> you know yeah, <laughs> yeah so you know having having that kind of you know idea that a relationship means sex kind of brings up the the point i know a few of my clients that they they kind of wonder if they still do have a relationship because you know maybe they've been married many years or maybe they have a you know a relation a relationship with someone but they don't have sex anymore is that still considered a relationship or is it a failure you know that comes up as well so i think you've hit kind of something that's interesting to think about you know can we have other types of relationships that are intimate that are maybe you know sharing housing sharing fa- raising family sharing raising kids even you know does that always mean a physically intimate relationship also yeah yeah and you know I, like i often go back to languaging and and the words of how it how things are expressed with the words and i find that um clichés very interesting too like this this cliché of it takes a village you know for like children you, you know you raise it it takes everybody so the parents are well equipped cuz they know this person intimately but there's other things that 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 child needs can get from other adults in the community and i think that also holds true for romantic relationships and it doesn't actually have to be you know sex it can be you know i'm i'm monogamous with this person but i want some intimacy in another form with with this other person or or this other person or several other people mm. and i could have you know intimate times without it being physically sensual sexual and still it's it's a very deep form of relating possibly touching on things emotionally that that i can't get from my primary you know romantic sexual relationship yeah i think you i think you you bring up a really great point about 
you know, what, what is included in a relationship and how do we communicate that? Like, I think, you know, what I wanted to kind of also come to in this, in this podcast today was, you know, how can we be clear about what we want from a relationship? Like you said, like, if I want to be monogamous uh, sexually with this one person, but, you know, I'm a very artistic person and this other person fulfills me artistically, we have a great, you know, inspirational time together, um, you know, should my primary sexual partner be jealous of this other person that fulfills my other needs, let's say, or some of my other needs, and how can we be clear about what what we're doing with each of these people in our lives? You know, I think that's that brings up an important point. So, you know, I was I was going to look at today about just the communication piece being important. And a lot of a lot of uh, couples workshops and stuff are based on communication. And to me, we have to take even a step further back. We have to go back to, you know, what is it we actually want? what are we looking for so like you said if you have one primary partner that you want to be physically intimate with but you have other needs that you want to to possibly get met somewhere else you know how do you become do you have a way that you found that you can get clear on what those are and that you communicate to your partner or how has that worked for you well it takes in my experience it takes a lot of you know soul searching as it were but sitting just sitting quietly with with um yourself and figuring out what it is you want and you know getting clear on on what it is that you want and no it's not easy and and it, it seems like there's it's never in that respect it's never an end point it's always a, a journey right it's always a process we're always like changing and and you know evolving and growing and possibly going backwards or whatever whatever it is we're doing but it, there's always movement in some direction so yeah if it's it, i find that if you're moving, I feel personally like it's good, even if it is tends to be, you know, what we consider backwards. And backwards is only another direction. That doesn't mean it's the wrong way, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you're completely smashing my idea that I could just find the right partner and live happily ever after. <laughs> yeah, and you know, like I think we've been we've been force fed monogamy as a, as a way of 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 relating that that. Um, should be the norm and I think if it happens naturally um, and it does in many cases I think it's it can it can work but you got to be really honest with yourself about that and I've one thing that you said I find I found really interesting was something about primary relationship primary physical relationship well I can have a let's say I have a, a relationship with somebody and we're we're having intercourse with this person and that's the it's monogamous. It's the only person I'm having this with. But I have a, a massage date with with another person once a week, and we get together and we do a therapeutic type massage with one another. That's also physical, mm. but it's not, you know, sexual sensual. Mm-hmm. So and I clean a, a, a lot of um, very rewarding things from that type of ex- exchange experience also. And it's not, you know, sexual. It's not about the genitals or not. It's not about, you know, intercourse. So. That. And then you brought up the interesting thing about jealousy, and you know, <clears throat> I think a lot of us are going to feel that way if if our partner feels like they want to get something from somebody else. And also, you mentioned communication, and of course, communication is like key, the foundation of pretty much everything, right? Mm-hmm. So it needs to be 
really clear and authentic and I think that this is a really great place to start because I believe that in our culture a lot of us are not equipped with those skills. Yeah, and I think a, a big part of you know the work that both of us are, are, are doing in the world is to help people to practice these type of relationship skills, even like you said, whether it's um, intimate relationships or work relationships or with your kids or anything. And um, you know, finding a way to practice these types of skills. So you touched, uh, or you know, we've kind of brought up the fact that we want to have the self-awareness to know what it is we want and with whom we want it or you know ideally what we're looking for we want to also have the skills to discuss with anyone in our life currently you know negotiate boundaries and consent and things with them about where we go for particular needs to be met and where they might go to get particular needs met and how do we still have some special time together you know it kind of brings up uh, I have uh, four girls, they're kind of late teens, early 20s, and uh, even with those relationships um, and my, you know, and with you, we're, we're talking about taking time, you know, like, okay, so here's the time I need to spend with my daughter, here's the time I want to spend with my partner, um, and how do we negotiate that, and do I communicate that effectively to everybody in my life? Uh, not always and you know it does it does become a bit of an issue so um, you know we, we might just try kind of demonstrating a little bit about how we might go about um, you know framing these types of communications so one kind of you know tr trick if you will of how to do this is to think about coming from the statement of I would like to do this particular thing um, or I'm feeling that this would be nice for, for me, what do you think? Instead of like, so for example, you know, if I, uh, you know, like to go for a walk and you like to go for a walk, but we like to go, I like to go twice as far as you do, let's say for instance, and I, and I say, hey, you know, I'd like to go for a walk, you know, um, it would be really nice for me to have uh, a little bit longer route, you know, would you be willing, you know, to kind of, come with me on the first half and then maybe I have a walking club that I go with once a week and do a longer hike or something does that feel like it would work for you because I need to have this this longer thing um, you know I think that communication um, would be more helpful than me kind of saying like how come you never want to go for a walk long enough with me you know I want to go further you're you're lazy or whatever it is you can see how the you statements you're not enough you're not doing it the way I want you don't do this right those kind of things put the put our partners or other person on the defensive. Um, you know, do you have a way of doing that, or what do you notice as far as your reaction to, to different types of communications? Yeah, I, I was doing this practice for a while. Uh, um, was suggested by a friend many years ago about yeah, starting starting the the relating the verbal relating with somebody with I feel. <laughs> You know, there should be the first two words out of your mouth, I feel, or something like this, or another one that I that I practiced for a while also was what I would like you to know is, and then mm -hmm. saying the thing is, is like it's not. So you are using that you term, so it is kind of that has a different, a bit of a different dynamic. But if if you if you say it like that, it gives the person 
a chance to sink in or not just kind of blurting it out and saying, you know, do you have time mm-hmm. for a chat? Can we talk about something serious? Can we talk about something that's, you know, uh, uh, making me hard, uh, that, that I feel sad about or something like this, not making me feel like, it, see, I did it there myself. You're making me feel well, and yeah, that's technically an incorrect statement because. Yeah, and it puts the other person on the defensive, and then they're not probably in a good place to listen to you anyway. Exactly. So, yeah, so these types of skills of, you know, talking from the I statements, or I, I like the one, you know, um, I, I'd like you to, this is what I'd like you to know about how I'm feeling right now, or, or something like that. Um, these types of statements actually require quite a bit of practice. And I know this sounds ridiculous to me sometimes now, but I actually practiced writing down sentences that I wanted to say to certain people and practiced saying them in the mirror for, you know, a number of times until I could actually vocalize the the sentence without bursting into tears or, you know, having a kind of... Um, uh, intense kind of tone um so you know sometimes the practice really does make perfect with these types of things um yeah how how have you sort of practiced these types of communications uh, in your life well most most often just with a with a significant other and uh you know by myself but yeah it hasn't really been so much uh you know out loud in the mirror like you did i just kind of just kind of an internal dialogue, but I see that that method of saying it out loud in the mirror when you can actually, you know, make eye contact with mm-hmm. with the mirror. I mean, it's still it's still eyes, and, and it's and it's your own eyes, which are probably the most important eyes there because we don't we can't see our own eyes right mm-hmm. without the mirror. So I, I think that that's a really that could, could has the potential to be a really powerful exercise and. So most often in my experience, it's just been an internal mm-hmm. dialogue. And I think all these ways of practicing, I mean, it's good to have multiple ways of practicing a skill, you know, internally kind of thinking about it, but then vocalizing it to ourselves, um, talking in the car. I often do do that, you know, um, kind of if you see my lips moving in the car when I'm driving by myself, that's probably what I'm doing is, you know, trying to articulate what it is I want or how I want to say something in a particular way and I do practice that also and you know it's always a good idea to uh, look at there's a whole new field burgeoning field in relationship coaching in um, you know couples therapy uh, all of these types of uh, possibilities where you can actually work with somebody and practice you know, quite often with clients will practice a conversation that they would like to have with their significant other. Mm. And we practice it. I stand in for the other partner and we actually practice the conversation a number of times. And this can also be extremely helpful if, uh, you know, you're trying to work through some, some really difficult things. I mean, you know, sometimes it's just about the dishes. Sometimes it's about really deep seated, um, you know, uh, feelings and beliefs that we have in our own self. Um, so, you know, I feel like, like you said, lots of different ways of practicing these skills is helpful. And hopefully this uh, podcast today gives you a few ideas, maybe some ways to think about, um, you know, what it is that you want in your relationship. We have never had such a freedom in our culture to really explore lots of different uh, relationship configurations and, and ways of relating. And so I think that 
brings up our responsibility on each of us as an individual to do this type of work and with ourselves to be able to communicate clearly so that we can actually create the kind of relationships uh, in, that we would like to see in the world and in our own lives. Um, so, you know, unless you had anything final to say, I think we're going to wrap it up for, for this week, but hopefully that gives you some things to think about. Practice your I feel statements or your, you know, what I would like you to know <laughs> statements. And um, feel free to, to um, get in touch with me. Uh, pleasureforhealth.com is the website. You can always get in touch, find out more about this type of work, find out more about these types of tricks. You could sign up for my blog. We have this, this podcast out regularly. So please do join us again. It's been, uh, it's been nice talking to you today. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Pleasure for Health podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please share it with your friends and loved ones. Let's discover and celebrate more pleasure together. Again, my name is Elsa Kepi, and you can find out more or contact me on my website, www.pleasureforhealth.com.